Woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip. On a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know you guys aren't privy to all the new so uh, you know that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown. Welcome to Base Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Alman, Burner of the Board. SP Futures up 475. Nasdaq Futures up 2475. We're a tad late this morning because we have to tie in with our Zoom, but we're hopefully going to get all this fixed this weekend and enter a new era. What do you think, Matt? Oh, this is uh, actually works better. It's just a little more cumbersome, eh? Yeah, it feels like when they went from the Iron Age to the Bronze Age. You know what I mean? It's it's like a whole new a whole new ball game. Were you there the Bronze Age? <laughs> I think you were there, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, uh, I think it was the other way around. <laughs> you went from the Bronze to the Iron. Oh, okay, yeah, I think you may be right on that, yeah. You went from, uh, you went from what, copper to bronze to iron, is that the deal? I think that, I always think of iron as being um, uh, a little bit more primitive in my mind. I, I think, well, you know what, actually, I want to say, and this is a good question for listeners out there, I believe uh, bronze is a combination of what two metals? Uh, copper and zinc. I believe it's it's copper and yeah I want it, it could be zinc or something else I will look that up. You look that quick. up. It might not be zinc, but it's copper and something. But it's definitely stronger than just copper. Oh yeah. Okay. And then uh, and then you get iron. It took a long time before somebody learned how to make steel. Intr- oh yeah, definitely interesting. Do we have Mr. Kevin. We do indeed. The uh, speaking of steel, you have the man of steel. Oh god. Oh god. Uh, speaking of steel, if ever you want to see the uh, the how steel made an industry and changes in steel made an industry, the uh, as we talk about railroad uh, derailments and so forth, um, the, the the evolution of the rail is essentially what has made the difference in railroading from the 1850s till till uh, today. I mean, it went from how much uh, torsion strength the rail could handle and how heavy it was. It went from rail now is like three or four times heavier than a rail was like a hundred years ago for the same. Same distance. It's it's really something. You know what rails used to, used to be, Kevin? They used to, you know what a, you know what a ribbon rail is? No. The rails were actually made out of wood, and then at the top of the rail they would put a a piece of steel with a bunch of holes in it and essentially screw it down into the wood. So the top we were rolling on steel or rolling on metal, uh, but the rail itself was actually wood. Which were very dangerous because if it broke or came un- undone, the torque on the ribbon with the car sitting on it, the thing would spring up into the car and like blast through the floor and like take people's legs off and stuff. It was a bad do. So when you actually had a full iron rail, it was a huge advancement, and then it became steel. And obviously, the the the, the uh, weight of the train can be higher and higher, and the speed as the as the rail got better. 
Mm. And uh, it's a it's a fascinating history. I mean, um, you can you can read the history of railroading from day one, and uh, you know if, if you're interested in it. But even if you're not, every the advancements in technology, advancements in uh, building, uh, and then the the incredible people who ran the place, the most crooked people, every dirty trick that's ever been used in every every business was used in rails because it was in. It was a natural monopoly once it was given to somebody. Uh, then you had to figure out a way to regulate it. Then it didn't have any competition. Then it did have competition. It's, it's really, uh, if you walk through the, r- the railroad, even today, I mean, it's still happening. It's not that it's over. It's, it is essentially a microcosm of biz- business in the U.S. Mm. at every level. And uh, it's, it's fascinating. And, uh, and if you ever get a chance to go see, once in a while you'll see them. There'll be a, a commemorative something-something. You'll see a big old steam locomotive come by you have to go see it. If ever, if ever there was a mechanical device that was living, it's a steam locomotive. The, the thing is is alive with the with the heat and the, and the movement. And if you don't know what you're doing, boy, things are bomb. If you if if uh, it is it is really something to have one of those things to see it and you go, God, how could somebody even invent this? Yeah. Who can drive it? How does he even know what all these? <laughs> little, there, there isn't a there isn't a a uh, an instru- there's got to be hundreds of these you know little. Uh, Knobs and so forth. You turn, just like being. If you ever, uh, ever hanging around in F- Philadelphia, or I guess you could do, do the same thing in a, in a Pearl Harbor. But go see the battleship New Jersey. Go in the turret, and you'll see just hundreds of uh, knobs and things. And there were twenty some people in there. Every one of the turrets, not one of them has a label on it. I can't imagine what it would take, even if you wanted to, if you wanted to get one of those things going again, which they sure they never will. What it would take for somebody to learn what the hell they all are? I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm, maybe there's a manual somewhere. I don't know, but I mean, it's really something. I mean, uh, the 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 the, the uh, expertise you need to do some of that stuff. I mean, I, I, you know, inventing those kinds of things again would be tough, Kevin. I, would, would anybody smart enough to be able to invent the the manual cash register again? I mean, I couldn't do it. No, probably not. Um, just just because we're not smart enough to do much of anything anymore. Some, <laughs> sometimes it seems that way. And other times I'm always amazed by the uh, uh, by the ingenuity of people. Well, when I, when Jean uh, Marabito was on and she was talking about her, uh, Jean was she just retired. She was the head of uh, uh, admissions for the College of Engineering at Mi- University of Michigan. So. Uh, Great job for a long time, and she's—I she, think she's still doing old stuff for him, but she pretty much is retired. And uh, she put together an engineering program for people in the inner city in Detroit. I mean, it had, it had been there bef- before she did it. Some uh, one of the uh, professors at uh, Michigan tried to get something like that going, and Jean uh, is uh, pretty inventive. And uh, shall we say she doesn't take no easily? Is that is that a fair assessment, Kevin? Uh, very pleasant. But I mean, I think when the uh, uh, they wrote the song, "City Girls Seem to Find Out Early How to Open Doors with Just a Smile," she might have been the lady they were thinking about. <laughs> but but she she said, you know, the problem with this is they're trying to get people from inner city schools to uh, have this engineering program and learn, you know, with the, essentially the bullets whizzing overhead. She said, this isn't going to work unless we get these kids out of their schools into a place where they can just concentrate on the engineering a couple times a week, just like if they were playing, you know, football or something. So she went to uh, the Detroit school board, and they said, you know what? you got to provide transportation. And they said, well, to where? And she says, well, let me worry about that. So she found somebody with a warehouse they were trying to do something with. 
it didn't need much work, and she found a donor, and uh, all of a sudden they got a warehouse, and uh, I don't know how many schools at night they'd have a van pick up all these kids, like seven or eight kids at each school that was in the program, and they'd go to this place, and, and all of a sudden they worked on a project every year. And one year it was uh, to design a, a robot that could throw a, thris- a Frisbee, and I'm sitting there going. And then they had Toyota and all these other people. Once she got, everybody said no to her, right? And I think one year Toyota said, yeah, we'll, we'll participate. So they gave everybody a, a big box of basically crap. Maybe, maybe a, 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 it wasn't crap, but a, 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 maybe a laptop, maybe something. Else. In other words, all the ingredients there to actually make this robot, if you knew what you were doing. And they passed these out to all these teams of kids. And she said in, in, in three, four weeks, she wouldn't believe the stuff. They're winging a frisbee around. And, uh, of course, then, General Motors and the other places, I think, that told her no, now want to know how do we get in the program. And she goes, you know, I asked you. It'll take a while. So now everybody's scrambling to get in, right? And ended, it, it ended up, I don't know how many of those kids ended up going to engineering school in Michigan. Just a fascinating thing, just by, just by keeping pushing, seeing what you want to do. And, and you're right, the ingenuity, and these are kids from the, the inner city that probably people never even gave a second chance to. And so, yeah, Kevin, depending on which way you look. You well, and, and think of it for a second, because uh, you run into this in so many areas. How, how smart do you have to be? If you, if you grow up uh, in a really impoverished neighborhood, how smart do you have to be just to navigate life? Uh, safely and, and, and morally, probably real smart. Well, or, or even even not so. Yeah. Um, you know, in in many ways, um, and you know, if you just consider consider an adult uh, who is trying to do it, uh, you know, uh, legitimately, but you need you need the help, and so you um, you you hit all of these different agencies. It's exhausting being poor because you have to go to. Uh, one agency for X, another agency for you know, some one place for food, one place for uh, uh, you know employment. Uh, if you do have a record, then you, of course you have to work in your parole. Uh, uh, your your uh, what do they call the uh, uh, the person you report to when you're on parole? Parole officer. Well, thank you. Yeah. Officer is the word I was searching for, um, and and it winds up being this incredible chase that you have of one thing after another to get the things you need to do to survive because well, if you if you can survive maybe you can find that job that's going to work out and it's going to get you set and get you on a path um, and and so we, we don't we don't make it easy for people uh, you know even when we try to help them we make it hard well I think um, Kevin what what a lot of people and I'm not going to boy it's almost like I'm on a, I'm writer than you guys these days what what we've what we've done though. And I don't, this is not, maybe it's a part of the, you know, the fault of the people, maybe it isn't, who the hell knows. But I think what you're seeing in, in, in Chicago area and the, in the, in the blowback from, I'm, gonna say, I'm not going to say the right or the left, but the people paying versus the people that are, I'll use the term receiving. Uh, the blowback is there seems to be an amazing skill set to maneuver your way through the, quote, system slash programs slash getting money. From government and people, and and to, to do that correctly, yeah, it's almost like, uh, like, like being in the mafia. There's a huge skill set of, uh, of maneuvering in that system that isn't exactly all that productive. So I mean, I think what's happening is a lot of people are their skill set stops at getting money out of the system and doesn't keep going to like a real job word, which is 
once you get enough out of the system, you you just stop and say, you know, that, that's 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 my. It's almost the same as going to school and and and, and uh, well, or g- getting training and getting a job, maneuvering the system to where you almost have a quote comfortable living off off Big Brother, is what's happening. I think in a lot of places. I mean, the, a lot of these, a lot of people, boy, they, I wouldn't, I couldn't begin to tell you how the hell they how how they manage to work their way through this program to that program. It, but but no, they, a lot of them don't ever work, Kevin. I mean, it doesn't. It it should pop through the other end, the skill set to to like a decent job. Yes, it should. Somehow it's not. I don't know. Something's wrong somewhere, or a lot of stuff is probably wrong. Or am I totally all wet with that? Are you even here? Do we lose Kevin? Uh, Kevin has uh, mic muted for a second. We'll yeah, ma- wait. Uh, my 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 bad. I, I muted the cough and I thought I unmuted. <laughs> no problem. I was. None of you heard what I was saying. It's a, it, it seems I, like no. I heard you. I, you weren't yeah. muted. I was muted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so I was I was going to agree with you that yes, it is, it is it is unduly cumbersome to do that. Um, we think we're helping people, and in many ways we are, um, but uh, but in the end uh, we're piling on layers of difficulty for them in the process of trying to help them and that's you know it's just not well thought out and i i think you take our our ruling class people who make up all the rules and populate the agencies and so on they don't get it because they don't they've not lived it so they don't know well plus there's there's so much money this morning i was uh driving in and uh, they're talking about some cities like waukegan which Who's the who was the big? Uh, I know Waukegan Harbor had a big problem. Who was who was the big manufacturer up there? It was the guys that did the the uh, outboards, right? No, but they had some huge home homegrown manufacturer used to be in Waukegan, right? Sort of like John Deere down in wherever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget who they were, but I think they mostly have left or shut down or something. Anyway, there's all these towns that have had had manufacturing that now don't anymore. I mean Akron with tires and things like that, and. Uh, Evidently, there's some program where these cities are now getting, uh, you know, millions of dollars in one one of these plans. It takes so long for these plans to get there. I, I don't, the plan could have been passed during Obama or Trump, not even Biden. I mean, but all of a sudden, his money's available, uh, and, uh, and I'm sitting there going, "Okay, let's try and uh, try and figure out the people who actually were damaged by this factory leaving, whether it's James Jamestown, uh, Wisconsin, or whatever, whatever it is." Let's figure out how who the people are actually damaged, where they've been, where they've gone, where they are today, and how many of those people are going to get a dime from this, and what percentage of the millions of dollars are going to go to those people. And I'm going to say, if it's 10%, I'd be stunned, Kevin. It's going to go to some program in the city. It's going to go to connected contractors. Or, or it's just some program in the city. It'll go to you know, some current people living in a neighborhood where... To, you know, between the government and the preachers or whoever else, take they take forty percent off the top because somebody's got to manage it, right? But I mean, the people who really were affected might be long gone. They might be working for, a, you know, two thirds as much money in some town they had to move to and lost money on their house and God knows what else. You're not going to find them, are you? Nor nor oh, even one. And and forget who's who's affected even and start saying, okay, what what strings are going to be attached to it as well, and is that going to be productive? So, you know, for instance, there, there was a reg ca- uh, written last week, I think, uh, published last week, you, you, CHIPS Act. You want CHIPS Act money? You have to provide free daycare for your employers. Um. Now, it, I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it's a good idea. 
um, to uh, uh, you know to provide daycare for employees. I, I I think if you can pull that off, it's 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 a really smart you know uh, uh, employee benefit. Does the government get to mandate it? Um, it's called what's the term? Unfunded mandate. Um, I, I don't know about that. Well, it's unfunded. It's the corporation that has to provide it. Well, but here's but but, but my my point being that you know it, if it's if it isn't tied to uh, if it isn't lining somebody's pockets, it's tied to somebody's agenda, um, and uh, and and none of it, uh, you know, no matter how you imp- uh, you know, no matter how it comes to fruition, it is not productive. It does not get you any closer to the intended use, um, and and the intended impact, uh, because we keep diluting it with regulations. Well, it's 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 people. I don't, know how you, I don't know how you solve this, Kevin. I mean, because we have a, uh, a system, an electoral system here, and yet we continue to, to essentially elect, in a lot of ways, morons. When I say morons, they, they don't have the experience in what they're talking about. I mean, I don't... Uh, I mean, it, somebody like... Uh, I'll, I'll pick on her because they saw some part of AOC. Uh, I'm not saying she's not a, a bright lady. I'm not saying anything. I've never met her. I'm not... But the fact is, the lady was a bartender, right? So the idea, the idea, I mean, it, so she's never owned a company that owned that had maybe twenty five employees, maybe ten of which were women, okay, or fifteen or twenty, whatever the number is. And all of a sudden, somebody says, "You have to provide free daycare." Well, how the hell am I going to do that? Or, or, uh, or you know, how how exactly do I do that? I mean, do I have to hire? How many people is that going to take? Or if you say I have to ha- I have to uh, give somebody six months, nine months paid baby leave. Uh, okay, so I got to hire somebody else. So how do I'm not big oh, enough? Oh no, you have to have that job available when the person comes yeah. back. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, it, 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 what you do is you, you essentially keep feeding governmental size governmental size entities because the state, the state meaning the Fed or the city or whoever it is, they can always tax enough. They have plenty of people watching everybody else's kids, okay? Or they can, or they can do those kinds of things. They they don't. There's no there's no care involved. There's no they don't give a crap about the money. And if and if you have a big enough place, you can mandate that to Commonwealth Edison that says, okay, my my cost just went up by three percent because of what you just done to me. Oh, that's fine. We'll raise your rates. You know, if the rates the cost went up five percent, we'll raise your rates seven to cover it. But the rest of the people don't get to do that. Well, let's pile on a little bit more, too. You say, okay, you have to provide daycare. Fine, I'll do it. Good, here's the monthly report you have to fill out. And you have to show us how many of your employers are taking advantage of the benefit. And if there aren't enough taking advantage of it, then you're going to have to document the effort, the extra effort you're taking to get more of them to take advantage of it. And and this this is how regulations work. You know, do I am am I all for no regulations? Of course not. We need we, you know we need to have laws. We need to have constraints on on things. Uh, but uh, but th- we, it just gets so damned out of control. Well, I mean, um, in our my industry, the one that I I really uh, uh, have a problem with, and I think most people, our listeners, I mean, they're not in the industry, so it doesn't it isn't an arrow in their behind, and it isn't really an arrow in our behind either. To the other than the ex- extent that it's a pain in the ass, which is an arrow behind would be. Uh, the the continual drive in our, in our industry for anybody who's registered at your place 
for you to know what they're doing on all their off hours. Where does where does that come from? Okay, we'll talk about that after the break. SP futures down fifty cents. Nasdaq futures up three. Be right back. Stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Tyson Jackson. I'm Tom Brown on the board. SP Futures now down a buck. NASDAQ Futures up to three. This is a horrendous day yesterday after Powell's comments, which we obviously talk a lot with Russell when he comes in. But we'll talk a little bit about him here with Kevin as well. But uh, Dow Futures up 21. So we're we're, you know, we're we're just on the flat line because he's, he's speaking in front of the house today, which usually is different 
Uh, the people in the house are a little more pointed and uh, so forth. So we'll see how that, of course, he had his usual tete-a-tete with Elizabeth Warren, who I just, I cannot understand that lady at all. And I I guess I'm still somewhat on the liberal side, but I don't know, I don't know where she's coming from. I, I just I just don't get it. But uh, the uh, over in Europe, we've got uh, the DAX up 35.2%, FTSE down 7.1%, CAC around down 8 call that flat. So, again, those guys are wondering what's going on over there as well. And we're waiting for another another day of Powell. Nikkei up 135.5%. Hang Seng, watch this, down 483. That's 2.3%. The, the run-up and run-down of this Hang Seng really is the, is the market you have to watch every day. It's scary. Now, Shanghai, however, down a buck. So it's unchanged, which is even weirder. The two of those are not in lockstep at all. Yesterday, Dow down 574. Yeah, 574. S&P down 62. NASDAQ down 145. We started the day with calls on a covered call writing program for some people in the S&P that were, what, four or five hours in the money, which is a long way. Now they're out of the money. It's in one day. That's that's pretty scary. Uh, bonds uh, unchanged to 3.97. The Bund unchanged 2.7. Japan right at the same number, 0. 0.50. Uh, oil down 30 cents, 77.28. Again, fleeing back from the 80 number it was almost yesterday morning. Uh, Brent down 17 cents, 83.12. Natural gas down six cents, two sixty-two. Gold up down seventy cents. A big down day yesterday. The dollar had like a, a percent and a half move. It was a huge day. Dollar sent sent gold way down, sent a whole bunch of stuff way down, including the market. Silver down uh, one cent, twenty eighteen. We've got crypto uh, down fifteen bucks, but twenty-two thousand zero sixty hanging on to the twenty-two thousand number. And the dollar today is sort of unchanged, uh, but the euro is now one hundred five, down from the one hundred eight. And the pound is 118, down from the 121, 23, where it has been. So, like I said, start getting 1.5%, 2% moves in currency. That's that's an unusual day. Matt, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. Uh, 6.36 a.m. on March 8th, 2023. Uh, weather in Chicago this morning, mostly clear skies. Right now, 36 degrees, a high of 41 later on. Tomorrow, we're looking at a mix of rain and snow in the evening, continuing overnight and into Friday. Right now in Phoenix, cloudy skies, 49 degrees currently, a high of 76 later on. Tomorrow, sunny skies to continue for the rest of the week. Yesterday in the NBA, Bulls to play the Nuggets in Denver. Game starts at 8 p.m. In the NHL, tonight Blackhawks to play Red Wings in Detroit. Game starts at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Why Time. Why would anybody go to that game? <laughs> hey, you got you to gotta have options for them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, in uh, men's college basketball, yesterday Gonzaga uh, played St. Mary's and won in the West Coast Conference Tournament Final. Uh, Gonzaga's women's team is also in the West Coast Final. However, they did lose to Portland Pilots last night. That's all for now, Chief. Back to you. The, uh, Kevin, we're now leaking on the, uh, on the spoons here a little bit around 3.75. Yesterday was a... As it was a big turn, and I, I just to kind of finish up on my thought because I beat up on this one all the time. And I'm talking about today is the the amount of stuff. If you, if you, I got a million different topics here. We had a, uh, an adult beverage with a guy the other night. You know, was kind of a trader in a seaboat from the old school. Big guy, the world's not going to touch him. Blah 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 blah. Somebody mentioned something about how comfortable is everybody because most people at the table had had some sort of a. Uh, uh, ancestry DNA thing and uh, so I said how happy is everybody with like essentially BlackRock buying all that information tell people why do you worry about stuff like that why do you why do you nobody gives a crap blah blah I'm like Kevin are, are we really that's st- why why when people are amassing information about people they're doing it for a reason why why does somebody always have to defend say oh yeah that's fine what's the problem it's like you know in our industry when 
Um, I know my well, my brother is the person in our firm that unfortunately has to do it. The the amount of surveillance they think you should have over somebody who, even if you sponsor for a Series Seven, somebody might might want to be in, get in the business and move his way into it. Uh, which is, well, you know, you're supposed to have people enter an industry. If that person's a contractor and they they say they work for Joe Jamal uh, Contracting, and all of a sudden the guy goes and paints a house on his own on a Saturday, the the, the FINRA wants to know about it. They want, they want to write you up if you don't know. Well, why do I care if somebody paints a house on a Saturday? Why is that my business? Same way in a bank. I mean, everything you do, your mortgage, everything, they, they want to know every, every amount of money that entered your bank account for the last year. Why? Why is that anybody's business, Kevin? I mean, it never, and people, and, and the fact that people argue about it when you say something, say this is not the direction we want to go. People say, well, "What are you talking about? What do, I don't care if anybody." You should care, yes, dummy. I mean, uh, it, it's not that you care what people do. It's not that it's the old. Well, what is there something to hide? It's none of that. That's not the issue. The issue is, like you said, it's nobody's business in the first place. Yeah, and, and, and the fact that the government is using companies. I mean, all you have to do, boy, hell, and I know you hate it when I do this, but the people who who did this the best, best or most efficiently, I won't say best, were, you know, Germans before the war. They, they, they didn't have to, they didn't, they didn't have to the uh, go and, and open up files on every person. People were happy to do that for other people anyway. Police were, hap- were happy to just send the stuff on to the to the, to the SS or the SA, whoever the hell I mean, SS or the Gestapo. I mean, it, it's it's people are happy to tell on other people for some reason, and and, and you just well, you, and and that and and that was leveraged during the uh, COVID yeah, lockdowns. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's right there, and it's something. Your, your your freedom is not just because it says so on a, on a piece of paper in Washington. Your, your freedom is is under constant guard. I mean, look look at the history of all the humans that have ever lived in this in this world. How many people have actually been free? I mean, you're here for maybe a while, and it's but you, but but the uh, uh, in Germany when everybody was involved in some bank and there, you know there's only a few banks or a few companies in every industry. I'm talking about this is long after the war. Everybody knows. These people have all the information on everybody. Do we really want that, Kevin? I, mean, do we, do we, I don't. I don't. I, I, I don't. And, uh, uh, um, you know, so it, it just wait. You know, I mean, we, we already know, uh, you know, what, what did Lou share with us? There, there was a, um, uh, a, a Bank of America willingly turned over uh, records of people buying guns, I believe uh, it was, legal, legal gun purchases, um, and turned those over to the government. Uh, no subpoena, no nothing involved. You know, so blatant fourth well, let's, uh, let's, uh, amendment. If you're going to say that, let's let's say exactly what it was, if I can recall. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but somehow or another, Bank of America was asked, gave, and they they did a uh, what do you call it when you do a, a match between anybody who was in the Capitol anywhere within what ten days before the January sixth thing. That had a motel, was it a motel or hotel reservation? They they matched up those people that used their card with people that had bought a gun over the last like five years using the same card. So something like that, right, Kevin? Yeah. So they said, see if you can find me a match between anybody who was staying in the 
Motel 6 outside of Washington that had bought a, a revolver in, in, you know, Arizona five years ago. And they sent this in. What, without a warrant, without anything. What, what the bleep? This is at the same time where people are trying to take cash out of people's pockets. Yeah. Now, as someone from that industry, uh, when I when I worked in that industry, if somebody from the government would have come and asked me to provide that kind of record, I would have told them, "Go get me a warrant. Get me a you know. I want to I want to see the subpoena." Um, now, the scary thing is that there are judges who would issue the subpoena for that too. Well, um, but but at the very least, you know. It, you know, I, why B of A would uh, would comply with that is beyond me. Uh, it, it's just so far out of line and such a breach of the trust. If it wasn't for the uh, government, that, B of that A. your customers have in you. But you know what I also uh, uh, say in response to that is, you know, you work for the mafia, you do the mafia's bidding. Uh, uh, government uh, subsidizes the banking industry. The banking industry will do the government's bidding. Do you think that the the smiley guy who runs Bank America would have anywhere near that money? Or that job, if it wasn't for the government, the place would have been out of business in 2008. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. So that's what I mean. You, you know, uh, when the you know when the mafia uh, uh, bail, bails out, uh, I, I won't use PTI as the example. When the bail, bails out a securities company and then comes back to you with a pump and dump scheme, you're going to do it. Yeah. I don't. You know, I just this whole. I don't know how you, how somebody gets to the top that is willing to take on this fight without being, you know, having your legs cut out from under you along, along the way. I mean, uh, Trump managed to get his way in there, maybe had a chance to do something, but then he kind of fell on his own problems, uh, in my opinion. Uh, he did fall on his own problems, but the longer I look at it, the more I'm starting to think that, uh, you know, he, he, he look, you it's the uh, W.C. Fields. You can't cheat an honest man. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, there, there. He was certainly contributory, but boy, he had a target on his back the well, whole sure time did. he sure was did. in office, without a doubt. And, and but the, the personality should be, if somebody ran. Well, I mean, again, I'm talking about this is what I think would have to happen, but it would take a very singular person who, a, was above reproach, if you even can find somebody like that. It would take a very singular person and, and somebody were to... He had a target in his back and the bureaucracy didn't want to do anything he wanted him to do. And Republicans, a lot of them, even though, of course, they jump on the bandwagon to get back in office, which they'll, you know, they'll be on Satan's back uh, uh, train if they think he's, uh, he's the first one to the station. But uh, he got no cooperation. But the, the threat... I think for somebody to do that, honestly, Kevin, and I don't see it's, I don't see it's possible... You need to run not only for president as a third party, which is incredibly difficult. You have to have three or four senators and maybe five or six reps in your party to start with. So when you, if you get in, which would be a miracle of miracles, if you get in, the threat would be to the Elizabeth Warrens or the people on the right that want to pay, play ball with you, I'm going to run somebody in your district next time. That's the threat. If you, you're the... You're the Cooperate with where the country now wants to go, or we're going to have people running against you. Trump, Trump, and there are people probably that are even from both parties that if you have a legitimate way to, to turn things or to, or, to, or to run the place, if it's good government, you if you have a personality, you might be able to get three or four people from 
uh, each side out to Camp David for a weekend and say, here's where I plan on going. It makes sense to me. Anybody have any questions? If you, if you got a better idea, I'm with it. But by the way, if you don't, I'd like you to get on board. I mean, there, there's a way you can catch more flies with honey than you can with a sledgehammer, as my grandmother used to say. I mean, Trump had no ability to do any of that. He pissed everybody off. And, you know, well, he, he did, and 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 then you know the other thing is when you, when you say uh, run uh, run candidates against somebody, his you know his track record for a while, his, his endorsements uh, were very successful. But you know sometimes I think you know it's it's easy to pick a winner when uh, when you already know who the winner is going to be. You know um, if if it's a uh, uh, the Yankees playing the Cubs, then uh, you know you can bet on the Yankees and, and have, uh, every game and have a pretty good record. But it, as we as we learned in the last round, um, and really in the round, well, it, you know, in 2020, but certainly in 2022, is uh, he he overvalued loyalty uh, to candidates in his endorsements, and it worked pretty well in the primaries with the base but in the general election it didn't because he valued loyalty over really having good candidates and so his you know the, uh, the candidates he backed uh, lost and what that did is uh, it's really undermined him among Republicans because there's a lot of people who were inclined to support him who no longer will because they think he screwed up the last election for them. Well, um, so you know, I I think he he like you, like we've been saying he undermines himself. But the, the um, you have to realize that you're 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 going over the top of these people. Okay, that's how you got in as a third party, which he essentially did really. Even though he was Republican, he really was a should have been a third party candidate. But you're, you're, you're jumping all over these people. But it's a lot easier when you enter a town like Washington, not that it's easy, but easier, to try and bring people over to your side to where this is where we're heading. Get on, get on my train, and by the way, this will make you... You'll get where you want to go faster on my train than the other guy's train. And the thing you absolutely can't do, Kevin, you absolutely cannot do, the media has to be on your side. You can't go out and start insulting the media day one as being dumb, even if they are. And, well, uh, what was interesting was the media was on his side until he got the nomination. So he, when he was running in the primary, especially early on, he was the darling. Everybody had well, him he, on. You know, MSNBC had him on just as much as Fox did, and everybody, you know, everybody wanted him. And they, you know, they they were enjoying the ride until they said, "Oh my God, he's going to win, and and uh, he's going to get the nomination." And then they were so appalled by that. And then, if if you remember all of the anchors and uh, the the night that he won the election, uh, my God, it was a funeral dirge. Um, so you know again did you know which one picked the fight first i don't know does it matter i i, I get your point about having the media on your side i just don't know that he ever was going to have well the what, media I, what on i'm his saying side. is but you can't these are all these are all battles kevin these are all fights but the 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 uh if you're going to have a problem you, you can you can piss off well you can criticize the media for not telling your story or you can tell it yourself what did, what did two of the probably most popular rulers, at least for a while, in their place in the 20th century have in common? And I'm going to say Roosevelt and Hitler. They both gave a half-hour speech on their own every week, unfiltered. They told people what they were thinking. They didn't go through a third party and then criticize the third party, a third party being media. 
Well, the, it, Trump bypassed him too. He, but he, you know, he did. He did it with social media. I know, but he. Um, but but again, his his problem was that it, you know was well, it, it was. I, I hate to say style because that's that's way oversimplifying it. Uh, it. It's it's not just it's just not as his style. It's that you know he. Kevin, just, there's a, there's the, the, so the damn man, annoying. The man, the man is totally you know. Again, my, who knows? Audrey's probably listening. She loves Trump. Uh, it's. Style is not insulting people in twenty words. If Roosevelt and boy, I keep, I keep want to bring the guy's name. Hitler was able, was capable of having a half hour speech every week that he did himself. Same way with Roosevelt. Roosevelt didn't ask. He did. He was able to talk directly to you, and without in a, in a, in a coherent half hour deal. Mm. Trump uh, totally incapable of doing that every week. Did you ever watch a Trump rally? Like I said, totally incapable. I'm not talking about ranting about this. I'm talking about talking about a subject, talking about a program, letting people know that you have incredible knowledge of what you're trying to accomplish in this bill or whatever, who's supposed to get what, who's going to pay for it, and actually taking out a one a one policy a week. This is what I know about infrastructure, and this is where we're going to go on this one. This is how people are going to help. This is how people are going to... He has no ability to do that. That was all beneath him. He wants no part of the detail. He was no, no, the intelligence factor between Roosevelt and, 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 you know. and you know what, Tom? That works if you hire good people uh, to to handle the details. That was a different issue. Um, I don't know. That was a, a much. He, he, you know, he'd get really impressed with people, and uh, then it was only a matter of months before he was cast in by the wayside. How many people, uh, you know, from uh, from just kind of the original group. How many people stuck around the whole time? How well, many he, people were there? I mean, what two, three? Well, he couldn't. You know? The guy from Exxon. I'm going to say, Kevin, if I had that guy in the room with me whenever I wanted, I'd have that. I'd have that guy over every week, find out what he liked to drink, and have him in the White House. I'd pick his brain. You can imagine what that guy could teach me. And Trump couldn't wait to get rid of him. Well, I, yeah, and I'm with you. Now, I, I still don't agree with you about communication, though. I, I still, I, I still don't. I think uh, he he had a way of bypassing the media that the media hated. I, I, again, you get to style, you get to, you know, his, uh, how how abrupt he was, how blunt he was, how, uh, you know, how insulting he could be, um, and, and that shtick only is going to take you so far. And so, I agree with you, uh, you know, about all of that. But whether he was connecting with a- average people, I-, I think, is beyond dispute. He absolutely was. Um, you know, to this day, he can he can draw. A well, big the idea that, rally. but but his but that connection, there's nobody that's learned anything from him. The connection is that he he hates the same people that they hate, and the same government that the same parts of government that they hate. Um, he, I, you know, I I just think you're oversimplifying that. Well. I tell you what, a lot of people who love the man are, uh, <laughs> I actually, this guy was a former pilot, and he says to me, by the way, uh, I'm, you know, I'm very conservative. And I go, okay. No, I'm really conservative. And I said, well, no, is this what comes with a handshake that goes with this? And he says, I said, so you probably like Trump. And he goes, oh, yeah. So why do you like him? We rattle off, let's see, he hates liberals. He hates Hillary. Okay, but that's yeah. anecdotal. I don't, I don't think I'm saying is that we're, we're, we're talking about, he connected with the tweet world. I want to know, just like yesterday in the, in the Powell testimony, I was able to listen to some of it while I was doing stuff for people, and uh, 
the senators there, they're all they're all kind of the same way. They they have no idea what they're talking about with this guy. They can't even spend some time to figure out what money supply is, what inflation is, and they're just barbing back and forth about God knows what, Kevin. They're not accomplishing anything. I mean, to actually accomplish something, the detail, the knowledge you have to have is is incredible. You know that. I'm not I'm preaching to the choir. Yeah. No, I, again, I, I, I'm in part. I'm agreeing with you. I I, I just think you you know you, you you're going a little farther than I. Well, would but the it. thing where I'm and, and 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 I don't you know I'm not a supporter. So I know. I, 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 it it annoys the hell out of me that you make me defend the man. Oh, well, I don't. <laughs> but, but, I'm saying, but here's you but, know, it's funny. Mike, uh, I'll tell you but quick. That, story, that, quick. But that's it's not really it's not really my point. My point is that you know he is connecting uh, there I, I think i shared it with you and i'll i'll fish it out and i'll tweet it out uh, so the listeners can see it um there uh, uh joan joan c williams a, a very very liberal uh, professor uh women's uh women in the workplace type of advocate um but she wrote a really good essay after you got elected and it was it was about um it, it was it was in the aftermath of uh uh trump uh, winning, and, but it was about uh, how how people don't understand the working class. In her case, she documented the white working class. But because I talked about it a lot in school, I think you would find that it's the working class in general. And my my students who tend to be working class all, all had a way, you know, tended to agree with me. Now maybe they were agreeing with working me class. Working class people were colorblind. I mean, people at Pullman, the black, white people, no difference. They all, they all, they yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. That's why I said, you know, she wrote white working class. I think it, you know, I think it was just it, it, working class alone is is a fine place uh, to put the label. But the whole idea is, and, and and I think this is the part you're missing. And I know you relate really well to working class people, but but you know, this it, it really is that how Trump related to working class people was the big part of his success and and i think that's it's one of those things that uh it certainly republicans don't understand is that that's their base now that's who votes right. republican is working class people and and yet you know you have you know ranging from mcconnell to god knows how many other people have no idea that that's who they were they're trying to relate to well you, again my, my communication skills seem to be ebbing with age but i'm pissed at the guy because he didn't do a better job I think he absolutely did relate to people that I care about. He realized that people in working class and lower class people in this country are getting a horse bleep deal. And, and it's getting worse by the day with the inflation and everything else. I mean, uh, Michael Moore put, put together a, a, a video on why Trump was going to get in because, because he hit on all the buttons that people were pissed off about. And yet, so I'm pissed off that he didn't do a better job. I'm not pissed off he got in. <laughs> and, and nevertheless, he yeah. he he did a a reasonably good job on if you if you want to reduce regulations, uh, that administration reduced a lot of regulations without a doubt, which have been put back. Without a doubt, if if you wanted a border that was under control, we you know it took several tries. Um, it, you know, it didn't happen. It didn't happen on on the first few uh, policy things that he did, but it took several tries. But we had a border that was under control. Um, it, it, not again under control being a relative term because I, I don't you know I don't I'm not even sure what it means to yeah, have a border right. that's under control but I know that we didn't have the record numbers of people coming across the border that we have now. Well, but it, um, it changes by the month or the day based on what's happening in countries other than ours, 
and I don't know if you can nope. pin that on any one guy, but where I'm going... Where well, I'm ta- it, 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 also, it, it does, but it, it also uh, changes uh, based on policies uh, and based on perception of policies. Right. As, uh, you know, uh, people I know who uh, deal, for instance, with uh, you know, Guatemala says, they all know our immigration. They know what's going on with immigration in the U.S. better than we know what's going on with immigration in the U.S. I would, um, Kevin, just let the record reflect, I would have loved if despite all my concerns about his past life, if he would have gone in and just got a group of people around him and and righted a lot of the stuff that he recognizes other people don't recognize. I would have loved to have that happen instead of what did happen. I, now now when I, when I look at Trump, I'm pissed because there'll never be another essentially third-party guy in my lifetime, which is, which is what I've wanted all along, somebody to shake this thing up. Yeah, and what's crazy is he he did you know whatever whatever parts were right. Um, he he was just so damn poor at hiring people. Yeah, it, it was it was incredible. You know, I mean, he'd get enamored of Bolton, and then a month later, Bolton's on the outs. He would get enamored of uh, you know uh, I don't know. There, there's I, I can't even remember half of the well, list. His lawyers, all I, his, yeah, his people are in jail. The lawyers and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, what do you have, an HHS uh, secretary that stuck around the whole time? I mean, that's about it. But, you know, he's also, he's responsible for Alex Azar, um, who is the, uh, um, you know, the pharmacy executive uh, who uh, shepherded through all of the uh, uh, vaccine stuff. Gee, no no conflicts of interest there. Yeah, well, I I think he had maybe too much baggage. But the thing thing that I was, um, the media part, Thing, one of the lessons that I learned from a nice family member um, when I was, you know, I was years ago when we started to get a lot of clients and money management, you know, people would come in and I'd talk to the guy and we, you know, we'd talk, we'd maybe even come to a seminar or something. We'd, I'd never, and he, he said, well, I'm going to bring this home to my wife and, uh, you know, we'll see what we want to do. And I'd, I was losing a lot of these guys and I'm going, God, the guy absolutely wants to do what, what we're doing and it's good for them. They, they're going to be retiring. They want something protected. I mean, why? So I talked to my cousin, who's in sales, nice guy, and he goes, "Tom, with all your education, what the hell's the matter with you?" And I go, "What do you mean?" <laughs> he says, "Don't ever have anybody sell your product. You don't tell somebody to go home and explain what you just explained to them to their wife. You tell them to bring the wife in. You can't count on that person to." To sell your product, what's the matter with you? <laughs> you know, I'm well, so- and the, the spouse is going to have questions that you, yeah. that, that person can't answer. Right, and so the same thing with, you know, with with the media. I think you you can't expect them to sell you because they they if if they can sell a newspaper by saying, you know, you've got hair coming out of your nose, they're going to say it. Doesn't matter whether you have it or not, right? So you, yeah. you, you need to well, give. Well, I, I guarantee I'll be disappointed. But all I really expect of the media is for people to tell the truth as best they can and as best they see. Well, you're not gonna, the but problem that, is they don't do that. But now the the shows masquerade as news, and they're not. You know, I mean, yeah. they, and you know what? I I don't mind if if the show is not news and it's all about somebody's agenda or point of view, as long as they're upfront about it. When they claim, oh, oh God, what was the clip that was going around? Uh, John Heilman uh, talking about how dishonest they were at Fox News and the comedian that uh, was on, this was, uh, God, I forget, it might have been on Bill Maher's show. Um, you know, the, the guy's saying, oh, yeah, it's just as bad where you work. and And he just couldn't see it. They they just don't see it. I mean, the perspective is so damn warped; it's amazing. Well, but it's uh, it can be warped, but it's not. I, I watch, 
you know, CNBC. Well, Jan used to be on there. He's not anymore. I don't watch any of them anymore. Well, I mean, I, so. but I, this is, you know, unfortunately, that's my job to watch this stuff for people because that's what they pay me to do. But, you know, it's, it's not, I don't necessarily think that the people on there are, are rampant crooks and liars. I mean, I don't, you know, find it. Well, <laughs> well what I, having said that as a baseline, what I'm saying is, but their, their motivation is to have the, the, the sponsors, the chairman of the company, the people from the Fed to be there. That's their first place they go for an interview. That's the motivation. That's that's the ratings game. So you're not gonna you're not gonna stand there and come on like I would and say, "Hey, the Fed, the Fed bumped money supply by 35 percent over an 18 month period, maybe 40 percent." I was just calculating this morning. So everybody with a with a third grade economics education knows you're gonna blow up the inflation by that much, roughly. And now they're in this pickle. And now they don't know what to do. And everybody doesn't want them to go into this, quote, recession, which we're already in, if you actually counted the money properly. We can't go into this recession. Elizabeth Warren was beating the guy up yesterday like there's no tomorrow. What are you going to do, put us in a recession? Just keep the money flowing. Keep it going. Make, make it look like everything's going okay. Well, they, they basically got themselves in this pile of crap, Kevin, and now they're trying to figure out a way out. And there is no way out. There's no, no easy way out. But they're not going to give that as a preamble to a Powell speech. If he comes on with, with Steve Leisman, he's not going to say, you know, your response to a 40% bulge in the money supply was to not give the money supply numbers out. I mean, how appropriate do you think that is, Mr. Chairman? And I would ask that question. Well, then guess what? He's not coming on this well, show. Well, and, yeah. and, and there, I, I will say this, and then I know you have to run. Uh, and, and what I'll say is that there are better and worse ways to ask those kinds of questions. I understand. I mean, I wouldn't, I've there never. Are, I've there never... are ways, you know, to, uh, to do it. And this is something I learned uh, interviewing basketball coaches is if you ask, a, if you ask them the straight out question, you're going to get the bull, uh, baloney. Um, you're, you're, you're going to get it. But if you ask it right, you'll get them to talk you know, to basically to talk shop with you, and uh, and and you'll get a lot of information. You'll get all the information you were trying to get in the first place, um, but uh, but you're going to get it in a different way, and that's that's a skill that very few interviewers have. I, I mean, I, I I as an amateur covering basketball, and I had people who did this for a living, and and I had one guy who I know has been running his own publication about Notre Dame sports for 30 years, and he'd come up to me afterwards, uh, after a, a press conference, and said, man, you ask really good questions. Well, but <laughs> you know? And it's like, he's never asked a good question in his life. But the, the <laughs> difference, I think there's somewhat of a difference, Kevin, is these guys in the, in the government have been, the football, or the, foot, the basketball coach is not your employee. Chairman Powell is our employee. He doesn't get to lie to us. Yeah, I know. He's got an accountability issue. Yeah. Well, he's going to do it anyway. But, uh, you know, uh, he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't see it that way, Tom. Oh, no. Well, neither does the senator. I mean, you, you don't have the right to know. I, I know I have the right to know. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a higher class than you. If I lie to you, it's because you're not capable of the truth. You can't handle the truth with Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a... You know, it's just kind of a I different just, word. Just prefer you say thank you. Yeah, I think uh, are we are we going to have Russell here or, or not, uh, Matt? Or no? We got him on the phone right now. Okay, so Kevin, we're going to dump you. So I'll talk to you on yeah. Friday. So he's alive, though. It turns he's alive. Out, huh? Yeah. Um, I just well, hopefully he's alive in a hundred percent because we love our Russell. SP futures up one. Nasdaq futures up six. Be right back. 
Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Stocks, and jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, welcome back, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. Matt Byrne on the board. SP futures up three. Nasdaq futures up fourteen. For those that don't know. If anybody wants to read the uh, the lyrics of that song, it will absolutely uh, 
fry you out. And it's a uh, was it the whiter shade of pale, right? That's right. It's pretty. It's a pretty mind-bending song, even though it's got you know, this, it's not certainly uh, psychedelic rock or anything like that, but certainly psychedelic lyrics. Uh, without a doubt. Oh yeah. Are you gonna do the light fandango? <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to mention though, we met, talked about the bronze earlier. Uh, yeah, and you're uh, you're right. It's copper and tin. Tin. Uh, although sometimes it does have uh, does have aluminum, manganese, nickel, and zinc. You were right about zinc. The uh, I don't think we want. I don't think our, our, our listeners are ready for the uh, actually read part of the lyrics of that song. <laughs> I don't think so either. But at this hour of the morning, do we have uh, the professor? We do indeed. Professor, how are you? I'm better day by day by day. Um, I'll tell Matt that I uh, I have a, a concussion still. So periodically, I'll be in the middle of a sentence and I'll just forget what I'm talking about. And today might be kind of interesting. Um, um, it's experiment today. So, you know what you should do is yeah. is, is, is tape yourself, showing my age. I, you know what? I've already I've already taught some online classes that have been recorded, and and I I've, I've watched. It's not pretty sometimes. Well, it'll it'll just be that way all the time when you get older. <laughs> I, well, I, I don't know if it's age, but I'm pretty sure this is uh, from the. And I wasn't in a car accident. I was in a scooter accident. Those little two wheel scooters that go about 15 miles an hour. I came to an abrupt stop because of a pothole, and I was knocked out cold in the middle of an intersection. That's uh, a... Here's here's where I get to rip on Chicago for a minute. This happened down in Indiana. I am 100% certain that if this had happened, like, in the loop, that a couple of people would have pickpocketed me, everybody would have left me in the street, and a cab would have run over me, and I'd be dead. And I'm not joking. I actually believe that's what would have happened if it had happened in Chicago instead of down there. Well, if it would have been in front of me, uh, from in front of me, I would have helped you. Picked me up off the street because I was out cold. Took me to the sidewalk, called nine one one, all that kind of stuff. And I really wish I knew who those people were. Uh, when I first when I first saw one of those scooters years ago, uh-huh. uh, Maddie Weber was riding in with me, and I said, "What's the deal with those things?" He goes, "Chief, don't ever try one." I tried one for a bit. Because you know, as a bike has like a 16-inch wheel, those things got like yeah. a four-inch wheel. You hit a you hit a bump, you're you're on your head. Mm. Yes, you are. Well, that is exactly what happened. Um, but you don't. So you don't have any. I'm, there's no. I'm in better shape than I was. But I sent you like a yeah. a picture to prove that I wasn't just bailing on you because I was out no. partying on the Tuesday. So the, if we if we would have a little bit of a a a, a drawing draw, we would have had a seven. So half the votes would have been. Uh, Kicked by a horse, and the other would have been three rounds at Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I did. You know what? I really did look like Rocky when they had to cut his eye. Oh God, yeah. yeah. But you know, uh, I, I couldn't even open my right eye until about Saturday. But no, no ocular bone breaks or anything like that. Just I will report back next week on that one. That's my, that's my next doctor. I've got two more doctors. So I'm supposed to go to London on Friday, and I got to get cleared by everybody. Well, I sure hope you can do that because I know you've been looking forward to it. It's, it's a week from. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the study abroad trip. Yeah. Um, and and so I uh, I was talking to, to our tour guide over there, and I found a a Tuesday night soccer game, and the, our tour guide kind of um kind of kind of turned his nose up when I told him we were going to go see a team called Millwood, and then I texted one of my friends that lives over there. And I told him about, I said, I'm taking the kids to a Millwood game. And his instant response was, uh, oh, man, that's as hooligany as it's going to get. 
he said, don't even, don't even act like you like the other team. And then he said, and this is the best part, and this is the part that you would like. Um, the pub that you go to before the game is called the Mayflower Pub. And guess what is named after that pub? Hmm. Don't tell me to ship. Yep. This is one of the places they gathered to make the plans to come on over here. No kidding. So the, so the, the thing yeah. is like 500 years old? <laughs> it's, uh, it, was the, it, it was the first, it, it says uh, founded 1550. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so we're, that's our, we're pre-gaming at the Mayflower Pub, and we're going to go see, um, I've forgotten what their, theme, I've totally forgotten what their mascot is, but it's, well, just, now I've actually forgotten the name of the team. Just Millwall. It's called Millwall. Well, just don't buy, like, hats from the other team and go sit on the wrong side or something. God, no. No, I'm, I'm I actually, uh, the, my, my buddy who, he actually used to live in London, I had him talk to the kids about do's and don'ts and everything in one of our classes. And um, he uh, he you know, he told me he he gave me that warning up front, and I've already given the students uh, the warning up front that uh, they shouldn't be wearing red; they should definitely be wearing blue for the game. If you, uh, you know, I'm not anywhere near the well, I'm not a world traveler at all like you, but somebody right. sent me this thing once about if you went to Iraq. This is uh, right after you know we, we got rid of Hussein and so forth. The things you can't do in Iraq if the waiter comes by and says if you like something and you give him the thumbs up. That means up yours over there. <laughs> yeah, you just flipped them off. Yeah, you flipped them off. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to be sort of careful. But when you talk about helping somebody in Chicago, I do have to push back a tad. One of the most amazing things I've seen in terms of the new world, I, I pile out of the uh, Board of Trade building one night, but, it, but it's summertime, so it's light, and I'm walking yeah. along, and all of a sudden I hear this little bump, like somebody something got hit by something. I looked in the street, and sure enough, there's this girl down on the ground. Some guy just hit her with a car. But he'd come oh. around. He'd come around the corner from Van Buren, and he wasn't looking. But she, of course, yeah. wasn't 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 crossing at the corner. She was doing like the long angle thing. So he yeah. did. So at, bottom line is, he hit the brakes, and he you know he hit her, but not very hard. And she's mm-hmm. down on the ground. And of course, me and like three other people did rush over to help. Mm-hmm. And it, and all of a sudden, a tear came to my eye, Russell. She didn't drop the phone, and she never stopped talking. <laughs> she didn't hit her head. That part was as soon as I saw she yeah. hit her head, I figured she had a you know a skinned elbow and knee with it'll heal. As soon as I saw she hit her head, I figured she was okay. But if she and she's talking to somebody on the phone. I can hear her say, "Yeah, you wouldn't believe it. I just got by, got hit by this car." <laughs> she's keeping the conversation. She never dropped the phone. I was yeah. so proud of her. I just, <laughs> I, you know, wow. I. I'm not so sure I would have saved the phone had, had that been me, but clearly... Oh, no. Uh, so, hey, I want to loop back to what you guys were talking about with Trump just yeah. toward the end. Um, you know, in, in, uh, Kevin mentioned in passing that he, you know, that, that his hiring was god-awful. I, um, I tried to go work in the Trump White House, uh, I, and, and I, put a, I put a lot of effort into it. Because I felt like it was a great opportunity. Once you know, and this is before we, you know, it, it, keep in mind this is 2020. Yep. And we're looking at, you know, there there are some positives. We've got a business guy in there. Maybe we can reduce regulation. And like Kevin said, he there, there a lot of the reduction regulation has been a good thing. And there are several things within our industry that I think could be fixed. That I was hoping, you know, which none of them did over that four year period. But I wrote out everything that I thought that, that I could help with. I gave him my background, you know, that I was, you know, 
weren't you see though I was you know very understanding of derivative markets that there was some legislation that probably should be changed and everything and never even heard a peep not no, even no. a thank you for submitting so I'm I'm certain there are a lot of, and and you know I'm not the end all be all of people here but I'm certain that there are a lot of people that looked at him being elected as an opportunity to maybe streamline government a bit and help with their expertise in industry, you know, the industries they were involved in, that probably didn't even get a look. Well, I think the the agenda well, of the people who were in the SEC and stuff, that you're way too much of an independent thinker, Russell. They don't want you in there. I know. Well, I, I was kind of hopeful, you know. Well, but, it's, um, but, but now he just, you know, he... Why do you in there screwing everything up as opposed to? <laughs> Russell, I know you're 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 not hitting I, that all soda. I mean, do, do you think if he gets reelected in 2024, and I just saw a poll um, for the New Hampshire primary, he's polling at 57 percent. DeSantis is number two at seven. Well, this is what he might get this nomination again, and he might get elected again. And if if he really wants to get elected again. I think if he could say, yeah, if he could try to tone himself down a bit and say, here are the things that I was really wanted to accomplish, and and I'll do it this time. You know, he if, if people believe him, he might get back in there. But that that was such a wasted opportunity. It just really was. What uh, you've opened up some pretty big topics here, my friend. What I know I did, and and you have to keep it at a low level because you'll lose me if you talk for more than two minutes. Um, I will keep it at a low level. I just, what, what do you, what do you, we're elementary today. What, what do you make of the, uh, I don't know, there's, a, there's probably a term for it that I can't think of myself either, and I, and I don't have a concussion. Uh, it's almost becoming like tyranny of, of the minority, where you look at the the election here in Chicago, and it, it, all kinds of people running, all kinds of stuff being, uh, media money being spent. People hustling from place to place. I mean, really working their fannies off for this election. We got eight people running, and you listen to all this BS about how how many people have voted early and blah blah blah. It came right down to it. It was not not a very big turnout at all. No, it wasn't. It was. I mean, I I saw the the vote totals for you know. Did Dallas come in first? Yes. By Whoever came in first got one hundred and seventy five thousand votes, which is. Twice as much what, as uh, what, how many how many people are voting age? I'm not you know in in still alive. There's a million and a half people that are re- million and a half registered voters, and I'm thinking a third a quarter of those voters are maybe thirty percent. Well, and and you, you know the February election date that is totally done by design in Illinois. Well, the election date is uh, actually uh, April fifth, and this is the pr- the primary. Oh, the prime. Well, the the primary. But yeah. it's, it's done so early, and done at a time where people really aren't paying that much attention to politics. That it's one of the reasons that incumbents just keep getting reelected to different offices. Well, that's why the teachers union is so powerful. If they actually show up with hundred thousand votes. That's a big deal. And just just wait until Dallas gets elected, and the teachers union turns on him. Maybe they he'll, always do. Maybe he'll That's just... A, yeah, I've, I've no, no, they've been... They, long enough that I know that there's a pattern. You get a new... Yeah, it's, it's like Ron. Uh, he went to the ballet with uh, the head of the teachers' union, and he said something to piss her off, and next thing you know, they're doing battle. Uh, they even you know, they even went after Lori Lightfoot. They always 
Yeah, it, it's like they say that internationally, when we get a new president, somebody's going to test them in the first hundred days or so. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The teachers' union tests the new president or the new mayor of Chicago over and over again, and it'll be interesting to see if Ballas. If, if I, I'm kind of assuming he's going to win, I'm hoping he's going to win. I wouldn't assume that. Um, I would not assume I do that. I think that he's the kind of guy that can maybe reorganize some things. But what you just it'll be interesting to see if the teachers' union goes after well, him like they do every, have everybody else. Let's go. Well, first of all, he's not their candidate. The other guy is. They're they're, they're spending, uh, they, Oh God, yeah. No, they don't want him at all. Oh, I thought that. Oh they, no, they no, 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 no. He used to run the school. They're the guy uh, uh, Johnson. They they're, they put a million dollars in his campaign. He's he's on the he's on the payroll. Of the teachers' union. Yeah. Wow. This is the teachers' union versus city. That's what this election is. Well, I say, well, I mean that you, you can take it beyond that. Oh yeah, uh, not just the election. So, but it's I, but know, to uh, probably the most powerful political block in Chicago. Well, do you is just the teachers union. You asked a question earlier about the uh, New Hampshire, and I'll keep this you know brief for you. When I I helped uh, tried to help uh, Nancy Sheehan become treasury, I was on a, the committee for her, and she mm-hmm. ran. And this one, Dawn Clark Netch ran for uh, for. Uh, Governor, and she got clobbered by Edgar big time, and it was a, I think it was Edgar. Uh, well, it was so long ago. Anyway, Nancy was the closest to getting in, but it was Republican sweep, so she was out. And uh, so at, at the the party slash morgue, you know, when she didn't win, the ca- campaign manager, another time, says to me, "Tom, do you have any idea who, who wins? He decides these elections." And I'm going, "Okay, where's he going with this?" He goes, "Well." Only like half the people are signed up to vote, and only like thirty percent of those people do vote. He's like, you're down to you know, two thousand people deciding in a statewide election, or five thousand people, whether they show up or not. Yeah. He goes, it's it's nowhere near any kind of a, you know, democratic thing where anybody actually cares or gives a crap or whatever. He says it's it's all that's why people you know can weird people can get in these spots. I mean, it's it's all about. It's all about that and getting people together. Uh, Eric, uh, you met Eric. His his girlfriend Tina, mm-hmm. uh, significant other girlfriend. She got in. Uh, she's in the second spot. She came on the air. She came in the second spot in uh, the fifth ward. She had nine hundred mm-hmm. nine hundred and sixty three votes. The guy who was the number one getter got like eleven hundred. So he got like one hundred and fifty more. There's like ten people ran. Those people would two hundred votes, four hundred votes, three hundred votes. I mean, it probably. Added up to maybe, maybe four and a half thousand, four to somewhere four mm-hmm. to five. How many people are in the fifth ward? Hundred thousand. You know, I'm close. Yeah, nobody, nobody shows up. You know, there are some countries where you are um, you have to vote. Actually, it's sixty thousand a ward, right? Because sixty thousand times fifty be three million, which is what is in the city. Which about what we got? What you got? Yeah. Well, what you had. So, so say sixty thousand. So thirty thousand or. Are signed up to vote, and and, and one sixth of those voted, with eight people, and it's a big election. You know, that's so, so where you at? It's tyranny. Yeah. So when you say about fifty some percent of the people in New Hampshire, the the Trumpies, just like you know, that, that's why you always go for old people, and you go for, well, here's politically incorrect. Traditionally, you want the old people vote, and you want the gay vote because they both vote. Yeah. The percentage of people who vote over 65 is dramatically higher than virtually any other age group, right? Well, and that's because, um, you know, the, the check that you get month to month once you're, you're over 65, um, 
you're voting with the pocketbook there because you want to make sure that, that, that nobody messes around with that. Well, my grandfather was an immigrant but, from. Uh, you're very right, and, and this is not. I mean, it, it, this is not like a negative statement, but uh, you you do reach a certain age where the majority, where at a certain age, the majority of people are dependent on government uh, to make sure that they're being taken care of, and if you know, so, you have a very deep seated interest in who gets elected. But you're also Whereas, you came for generations. Like right now, I'm kind of take, I'm supposedly taking care of myself. But you're also from a generation that realizes that this is something you're supposed to do. I mean, my, yeah. my grandfather was an immigrant from Italy. Election day, he was he couldn't wait to be the first guy in line at the polls. He goes, I didn't get to do this. People around the rest of the world don't get to do this. We do. What's the matter with people? Why aren't you here? I mean, it, it, I mean obviously he knew his vote counted for nothing. But he goes, compared to re- yeah. other places, nobody gets to do this. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if we don't use, you know, if we don't think it's a big deal, it'll disappear. Yeah. You know, and maybe well, you, know, you know how you can see that people have uh, have signed in to vote. How oh. I'll go back um, in in Memphis, where you know when I when I was growing up and everything, um, you you you, know, you signed the voter roll when you voted down in Tennessee, and since I had the same last name as my parents and my sister, our parents would know if we voted or not because my dad would go at the very end of the day. And he would give us a hard time if we hadn't. Oh, God. My wife's over there laughing at this one. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there, there was some real lacking. There was some lacking in the parental skills there, but God. they really were on that one for some reason. Did you ever vote at the uh, at a machine? A Matt's not going to know what the hell I'm talking about. Did you ever vote at a machine where you could you could vote a straight party line? Uh, no, no, we don't. It, it's not like that down there. Because we used to have machines here. And you, know, you don't. You don't. Say what party you're with when you vote down there. Well, here you don't declare a party at all. Well, here and for some the mayor, you have to. Some states you don't, and well, you, you don't, don't have to down there. You don't declare as a Chicago mayor anymore either. Uh, so I mean, it used to be that the. Well, I mean, what difference would it make? They're all the same. Uh, that's the big thing with Val is was accused of being Republican. Oh, heaven forbid! Yeah, well, you know, I, you know, you know what my what my hope and vision is of Dallas is if he does get elected, um, it's uh, Rudy Giuliani and what Giuliani did for New York City. Oh. And I, I know that he has been, he's vilified now because of the association with Trump, but, I mean, that guy took a city that was on the brink of just completely imploding, which sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, he, he started, he told the cops, go get a ticket for jaywalking. So, I mean, they started enforcing everything. And when they started enforcing everything, the major crimes went down as well. Well, I, I'm I'm all for that. I mean, I, if you, yeah. I mean, if you that, have... that's what I, that's what I'm hopeful with. I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm officially I live in Indiana now. Um, so, but you know, I, I I've got a family in that I that I spend some time with in suburban Chicago, and I'm very you know, and and I moved, I I killed myself to move to Chicago. And it's very disappointing to me to see what's going on now. It's uh, if you if you you can either look at the the shooting totals, you don't have to look at that though. Just drive around the city. It doesn't I, ma- it doesn't matter yeah. black or white. The the place is anarchic. It's total anarchy yep. in the streets and the expressways, stop signs, you name it, red lights. It's total anarchy. Yeah. You never see a cop. You never see him doing anything. Now, Matty Weber claims if you're out of 
if you get a little bit of little dicey areas, you'll see cops. You never put, nobody will ever be pulled over for a, a, a traffic violation or anything like that. You never be pulled over yep. for not having a license. I mean, it, it's it's absolute scary. Hey, when uh, when you uh, we come back here, we want to talk a little bit about the uh, the Fed and the market yesterday because uh, uh, you know I have some statistics here. I'll run by you as my pro professor. Well, I'm really hoping that you uh, get to make this uh, shindig to uh, London. What? How often? How old do you, How far do you have to be past the concussion before you get on a plane? Or is it, or that's not a big deal. Uh, they, I mean, when, they told me last week that I probably would be okay to go. Uh, I just I've got a neurologist that's going to look at me, and and the um, optometrist is going to check my eye, which is still like you know, there's more red than white in one of my eyes right now, and uh, that's about it. I got I got checked out. I've forgotten who I got checked out. But you're not you're not ready to get into a fight at a soccer game. <laughs> I'm not ready to get into a fight at a soccer game. Uh, so maybe oh, you yeah, should try they, and avoid uh, that. They, yeah. They took they took my stitches out yesterday. Well, good. SB features up two. Yeah, the features up twelve. Be right back, Stacks and Jackson. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Are you listening to me? 
Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Load up, extension jacks. I'm tomorrow. Matt Burn on the board. SP futures now up, buck seventy-five. Nasdaq futures up twelve. Uh, I don't think we're going to do too much today, like yesterday, until we hear the Fed chairman speak. We'll see if he changes uh, part of his tune a little bit from yesterday, because he certainly sent the market in a twirl by saying uh, we're going to be higher than you thought. And by the way, uh, it might take longer than you thought. And the last numbers still show that inflation's working through and the economy's still hot. So. I'm not so sure if he's looking at the right things that I think he should be looking at, but then again, he's not axing me. Over in Europe, we've got the uh, DAX up 42.3%, FTSE down 3, call that flat. Kicking around down 8, call that flat, so very slow over there. We're in Asia, we're going to get our, our Hang Seng, our Hong Kong traveler, um, the professor, let us know what's going on over there. As the Nikkei's up 135.4%, uh, Hang Seng down 483, 2.35, so in the last... Like seven or eight months, these guys went from 14.6 to 22.7, back down to 20,000, almost even, which is really something. Shanghai down a buck, uh, uh, 32.83. So they they haven't been having anywhere near the gyrations as the Hong Kong market has. Yesterday, Dow was up, I'm sorry, down 5.74, ouch. SP down 62, NASDAQ down 145, so really a horrible day. Never, there was any chance of coming back. We kept playing a bounce a couple times, and there was no bounce. Uh, Ten-year down four basis points, three point nine three. Was over four on Friday, and it has not been there back this week. Uh, the bond minus four, two point six five. Japan right at the top level, 0. 0.50 like every day. Oil down forty-three cents, seventy-seven fifteen. Tried to make a run over eighty, and then uh, fell back. Rent on twenty-eight cents, eighty-three oh one. Natural gas down seven cents, two sixty-one. We've got gold down a buck fifty. Gold had a horrible day yesterday, eighteen eighteen. Silver down two cents. $20.17, and we're going to ask the professor about that. Copper up $0.04, because the day yesterday was really carried by the currencies. Dollar was up almost 2% across the board, so that happens. You're taking your boil and all the other stuff and gold down with it. A Bitcoin down 62, 22,012. We have the U.S. dollar uh, steady today after <clears throat> after being flying up yesterday. The euro's down to 105, and the pound's down to 118, so start getting 2% currency moves. I mean, Russell will pawn on those in a minute. Those are massive moves. Now, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Yeah, good morning. It's 7.36 a.m. on March 8th, 2023. Uh, this morning, Chicago, mostly clear skies. Right now, 36 degrees, a high of 41 later on. Tomorrow, we're looking at a mix of rain and snow in the evening, and that will be continuing overnight and into Friday. Right now in Phoenix, cloud skies, 49 degrees currently, a high of 76 later on. Tomorrow, sunny skies, for the rest of the week. Yesterday in the NBA, Bulls to play... Uh, did play with Nuggets in Denver. Uh, game starts at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, the NHL Blackhawks play Red Wings in Detroit tonight. at 6.30 p.m. An immense college basketball yesterday. Gonzaga played St. Mary's and won in the West Coast Conference Tournament Final. Gonzaga's women's team was also in the West Coast Conference Final, where they lost to Portland Pilots last night. So, for now, team, back to you. So, uh, I don't know what order we want to want to go with these incredible questions I have for you, Russell, but... What's what's the story with the Hang Seng? I mean, it, boy, the thing is all over the well, place. There was, an, there was an initial belief that the reopening of China was going to be a really good thing, and that's why people and you had people like Ray Dalio, who I swear to God, the Chinese government must have pictures of him doing something with a bear or something, because 
he's such a shameless cheerleader of investing over there. And I don't get what the thesis is behind it. But there was this belief that they were going to reopen, and it was going to be great for the Chinese economy. And then you start to hear things like Apple is going to move some iPhone production to India. And I think everybody's starting to realize that China's not going to be the China that it was before COVID. So, you know, kind of like the buy the rumors, sell the news, and the news wasn't all that good. And then their growth outlook that they came up with over the weekend, you know, because they've got the party congress going on right now, was much lower than a lot of people would expect them to project out. I mean, it's still a BS number. I think they're looking for 5.5% GDP growth this coming year. That's what they say they're going to do. That probably contracts. And I just think that the impression was, okay, they're going to reopen. It's going to be, you know, the second leg of some Chinese miracle. And then reality is starting to set in, and that's what's been going on with those indexes. You know, Russell, this is probably more of a, maybe I'll bring it up with Carl, because I'm sort of starting to wonder, well, not starting to wonder, because I know during the COVID situation, when they were saying they had 85,000 deaths, and I'm like, really? I mean, really? And the matter of fact, our buddy Greg was in an Uber with a guy who's from that province. This was March of 20, so right when it all started. And the guy said something to the effect of, you wouldn't even hear of 85,000 deaths in China. He goes, my parents live over there. They think there's like a couple million just in the province. This is early on. And I read something a couple weeks ago that these people, whoever they are, I mean, you know, I keep quoting these people. It's like these alligators. Who are all these alligators? That they think the population of India now has gone past China like 10 years early. Yeah, they were saying it just happened, but I don't think that's true. Well, I don't think there are as many Chinese people as they claim. But right now, any independent guesstimate as to how many people there are in China and India is saying that India is probably just a nose ahead of them. Well, there was... They're about equal. But you were on the show one day. You didn't bring up the numbers, but somehow we were going over them one day, and when they were talking about the 24-7 crematoriums going on in the province, how many cell phones that all of a sudden didn't work? Yeah, we did talk about that years ago, about all these cell phones that were being turned off, and they were coming up with, well, everybody has two or three, and they don't need one of them for work now, so that's not accurate. There's a lot of evidence that a lot more people have basically passed away over in China based on COVID. It was much, much worse than anybody would have expected. Well, I hope that that isn't all that true, but it seems like maybe it is. Well, unfortunately, I think it is. I think it is, too. And I try not to be too much of a conspiracy theorist, but China makes it difficult not to be sometimes. Oh, I know, yeah. You know, they were not given the vaccine to people over 70, and they've got an issue with an aging population where they're going to – so, you know, they force you to abort your second child because they don't want too many children. You can't tell me that they're not willing to allow 
the, the people that are not productive anymore to just kind of, for lack of a better way to put it, die on the vine there. Well, it's one way to get rid of your aging population. Yeah, I mean, I, so I, I mean, I hate to think like that, but when you see some of the things that, you know, the, the way they treat ethnic minorities, et cetera, and I, I, I heard this about, I, I, I remember an analysis of, um, I'm switching to North Korea for a second, but I remember watching an analysis of North Korea uh, by a really well-respected political scientist, and he said the, the North Korean government, uh, the leadership, thinks of the people as a tool, and that's it. They don't, they, they don't care about the people at all. And I think the Communist Party in China is the exact same way. Well, I mean, it's not... They, they, they don't care. About, they, they have no empathy or care about their people at all. You could uh, make that claim here of several times in, in Western societies well, where people didn't... Russia's, Russia's the same way. Um, and, and I don't consider Russia fully Western. They were kind of going in that direction. I mean, they managed to piss that away pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, but the... the you know, the authoritarian, they, they just, I, I do believe that China thinks about the, the people as a big collective and don't, don't really care about the individuals at all. Well, as somebody who's, you know, it's a leader. As somebody who's in the, I hate to use the term the ivory tower, but uh, ivory tower of uh, education, which you, you are. Uh, I am now, yeah. yeah. I didn't grow up in it. And it's yeah. a relatively... The cool thing is I have life experience before I climbed into the tower. Uh, yes, you did. So my, my question to you is, when when I was uh, in you know when I was in grad school and was hanging around when hanging around I was being taught by some of the guys who were in the quote the tower, and uh, yeah. in, in the immortal words of uh, George Stigler, Nobel Prize winner, if ever you think that, that uh, professors, especially you know famous ones. Know everything. All you gotta do is walk down the street and see the kind of cars they drive and bought, and see <laughs> how they buy the worst brands and they don't last. <laughs> anyway, we know nothing about car. But, but he would. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is the the ivory tower view of the economy historically has been uh, of China, or well, that's why Friedman got in all kinds of trouble in Chicago. He was doing work for all Allende down in Chile. Their their view of the world was. If you can get the economy going and you can get economic freedom in some place, uh, to a certain extent, the government will will fall in line just like it has here. Is do you still feel that 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 that, that the economy? You talk about Ray Dalio, that that sort of still we it's our job to make money, keep trading, making sure that they become customers, and oh by the way, one year we'll find out that they overthrow this guy. Is that is that still the the I academic mantra that I don't think that, that there's a belief that 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 the Communist Party is ever going to be overthrown there. Um, it, the, it, it, if if China implodes, well, in the way China was previously before they really started to consolidate consolidate power centrally, was you had the different kind of economic zones that were practically negotiating their own stuff outside of the uh, central government. The central government has taken control of all of that. Well, the, the thing that... And I, I'm, so, and, and where I was going to say, this is where I just lost my train of thought. Sorry about that. Well, that's okay, but... Um, no. I think it's going to go back to that, where Shanghai is kind of doing their own thing, because it's a big entrepreneurial city. And there are other, you know, the, maybe Hong Kong is able to 
get back to closer to what it used to be and away from what it's been turned into by by Beijing. So I, I, I don't think that I don't think you have this big revolution where the whole country of China switches over to being this giant democracy. I think it ends up being uh, a bunch of uh, regional powers versus you know one big country. Well, here's here's my and I, I, I hate to say that they, they drag me down this road, but whoever these are, but <clears throat> I had a little bit of a different take, uh, Russell, which so far seems to be totally wrong. Again, me. You know, but then I, I have no problem being a trader, and you make a lot of bad trades, make a lot of good trades, of saying that was a bad trade. A lot of people can't admit that they're screwed up at all, but I, I, I have that ability. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, both on two levels, well, let's take the Russia because it's so it's so much more current, I think, in most people's mind. I was really surprised, even though the, the the country, every man in Russia, still doesn't have a very good life, and maybe you know they're still buying into this where they can't do anything but head to war off the war and get killed in some place they don't care about. Uh, maybe, but the people around Putin and the family members in the politics and in China. The sons and daughters are so used to making a quarter million a year, or half a million a year, even if it's, it's if 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 it's in helping a manufacturer here not have labor problems, whatever the hell they do, that the amount of money in that circle gets to the point where they have become, let's say, dependent on the money and are really used to their yacht and their and their, and their summer house in Miami and places like that, or winter house in Miami. That I'm surprised that that uh, Z or Putin is able to keep the discipline on those around him because they have gotten so so fat and happy Western, for lack of a better term. I'm surprised they're putting up with it. I'm not talking about every man in China. They're afraid of him. And, I mean, you know, I don't know if he was the richest guy in the world, but he was definitely the richest guy in China, was Jack Ma. And he he made a comment because he had a company that was getting ready to go, Ant Financial was going to go public and they were going to be more like a consumer finance company and when he was talking about them going public he said that you know the, the current banking system in China is antiquated and you know the regulations need to be changed and things need to be updated and they basically made him person non grata yeah. you know, they, 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 they took a bunch of his money away I think he lives in Thailand now and just kind of you know hanging out and not really doing much but living off of whatever money he had left uh, so they, even though you've got the you know this very rich class um you know both both guys helped the, allowed them to end up in that kind of a status and then they don't let you, they, they, they don't want to you know bite the hand and fed them but even when they see things that are wrong they see what happens to people who call it out I mean, hell, you know, she had his number one rival basically picked up by the doorman and scooted out of the club during the, uh, the National Congress of the Year or two. Oh, I agree. I'm, oh, I'm not. I'm not. A really, that was a really. That, I mean, that's the equivalent of during the State of the Union. Um, and I, you could just see Trump doing this. Um, during the State of the Union, um, a couple of guys coming and picking up pence and taking them away. Yeah, I, I can see it. Well, I mean, but I'm saying, but, but every time this happens, I mean, there there are regime changes. That's fair, man. Well, but but I mean, and, 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 you know, there's a huge Chinese population in Vancouver, and anybody that has any money whatsoever in China 
was buying a house in Vancouver so they could so they had a place to get out if they had to get out. They all had these contingency plans. Well, I'm I'm, I, I'm not I'm certain well I'm not debating you regarding there's mm-hmm. a certain amount of fear, but there was a certain amount of fear going up the Redcoats, the, the British here too. But there comes a yeah. point where people where people do it. I mean, in one room you've got Putin sitting at this table with forty people supposed to be sitting there by himself. Taking pill after pill, if you can believe stuff, and all the people. It's just crazy. It's like a, it's like you couldn't even make up a Bond villain in the way that Putin is behaving these days. Well, but but he's eventually yeah, somebody. Essentially, somebody knocked off Stalin, and I don't think anybody elicited more fear than that guy. Right. I mean, at some point, well, I just I, I don't know how you you know, and I don't really know if they if if, if they want to because. You know what happened? He he's not only you know is he kind of running the country and, and you're afraid of him, but on the same on the same side, um, he's probably instrumental to the lifestyle that you have right now. Well, but I mean, and but if we have a giant revolution, do you not think that they're going to try to take all the oligarchs' money and then distribute it to well, everybody? Well, I I'm not saying how it should happen. I don't know anything about Russia, but what I'm saying is this this has come to a head in other countries. Someday, the people just want to. If if these yeah. people, I guess my point is, if these people never had anything, um, I, I'm with you. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not a Saul Alinsky. I'm not a I'm not a revolutionary you know, theorist. But but I'm saying, yeah. all of a sudden, you had all these guys that because of Putin got, you know, what twenty of the biggest thirty yachts in the world for God's sake, and now they're all they're all taken by other people. Their money's gone. They got nothing. They're mm-hmm. going to say, what, what the bleep? <laughs> is this yeah. guy, I mean, is, are we sure this guy's doing this right? I mean, I, you know, I mean, that conversation has to be being had somewhere. But, I, and I'm sure there are people whispering about it, et cetera, but you've seen what people, what has happened to people that just make negative comments about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can't yeah, do that. Heaven, I mean, heaven forbid you, you, you go after him. How big of stones, stones do you think the guy had that bumped off Stalin? <laughs> he, I, my assumption is, and, and, and I, I got this quote from somebody from the Wirtz family, actually, who was pursuing uh, pursuing a woman that ended up being his wife, and he said, he goes, Russell, there's nothing better than being a man that believes he has nothing left to lose. Well, you, you know the rumors. And we're talking about that relationship. Yeah. But just, just you know, beyond that, um, going, to, you know, just, just if, if you're living under Stalin and... You know, you're seeing that everybody that's kind of got your same status, half of them have suddenly disappeared, and you don't know every morning if somebody's going to knock on the door, take you away, and shoot you in the head. I mean, if it's reached that point, you know, if there's that much desperation, of course you're going to fight back. Well, you remember, uh, you're not going to lose. And so it might not be so much about stones as it is, I got nothing, you know, I got nothing left, nothing, nothing left to lose. Um, you're not, you're too old for, uh, too young to be a Bonanza fan, but. I still remember a line, uh, Adam Cartwright. I always wanted to be, always wanted to be uh, the, the guy dressed in black who seems kind of like the one womanizer on Bonanza. Adam Cartwright, Pernell Roberts. No, not, not the dad, the oldest son. Yeah, Adam not Cartwright. Not not Little John. I just can't remember that. Adam. Adam. Adam, yeah. Okay. Adam. And, uh, yeah. But he, came, he always had the world's best quotes. He said, somebody's talking about something, he goes, just remember, most acts of hero- heroism are really acts of quiet desperation. Yeah. Mm. So when you say the guy had a lot of stuff, I'm sure he did. You know, and thank God somebody did. But still, I, I think there probably was a uh, um, I'm completely screwed 
thinking as well. Well, you know, you know how the, we know what the rumors are of how they got to him. How they poured, uh, uh, well, what's the the blood thinner, uh, Coumadin, essentially, okay. which is essentially rat poison. It's tasteless. They poured it in his uh, vodka, and they knew he had, they knew he had some kind of a, a a very small aneurysm or something that was leaking, and it, it just blew out. Because he because made it worse. Oh yeah, just and then, and then he had already killed all the decent doctors, so there was nobody to save. Nobody left. Yeah, he was. Uh, that's, the, that's the part I like of it is that he had basically knocked off anybody that could have helped him. Well, we had. I got a little one for you about the inflation. I heard this weekend, and I was talking to about Nancy. Um, they were out. My daughter was out looking at the cars, and she knows you know some of the dealers because her, her uncle was in the business, and of course they know everybody. So. Uh, one guy says that they now at their at their dealership, and this is becoming very common. There's not only a finance department for new cars; there's a finance department for repairs. Oh my goodness! Is that a is that a positive development? You think? I'm thinking no. That's not a positive development. That's that's pretty scary. What? So what? Yeah. What? What? All the senators backbiting back and forth because we got to talk a little bit about that uh, while we're while you're here. You know, backbiting back and forth. And Elizabeth Warren, I just I feel like I want to. What was the commercial? The Aqua Velvet, a cold slap in the face. I mean, I, would, yeah. I mean, I just she is she's so adamant that you need regulation to 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 figure out what kind of underwear you have to buy, and yet all she does is bitch about the regulation not doing the job right. Doesn't she put? Is is there ever going to be the question where you put two and two together that more regulation is not necessarily always the the solution? Because look at. You know, you're doing a crummy job. Let's double the amount of people you have. Doesn't she ever? Is there any chance she could put that two and two together there? I don't know. She just heard what Reagan said about uh, the, the scariest line, uh, the scariest thing somebody can say to you is, "I'm here. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like that one. But he, no. But yeah. these guys have. Do we have a Reagan lurking around that maybe can get us back on track? Um, I'm not near as much of a Reagan fan. In terms of policy, I mean somebody that can that, that you know the 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 morning in America thing that they did during the Republican National Convention, where well, you know, uh, the seventies had been kind of a, a depressing period of time. Oh yeah, and you know, and I mean, and Barack Obama, he he said hope, but that was kind of hope without substance. I will say this about Reagan, and I heard this from several of the people that uh, before Russell's time, when I was on the board of the CBO, guys would come in from. Uh, Congressman, and we'd have breakfast with him and so forth. And they asked uh, Rostenkowski about uh, Reagan. And Rostenkowski is, of course, he's very Democratic, and Reagan, very Republican. And he said, You know what? I tell you what, I had no problem with President Reagan. He said, I didn't agree with him on a, a real lot of stuff, and he didn't agree with me on a real lot of stuff. But all the stuff we agreed upon, we could accomplish. And if you shook hands with the guy, you had a deal. Which is so, which is so rare in Washington. The guy always had your back. You could always talk to him. He was a straight shooter, and he'd always listen to your point of view. So when I heard Rossi say that, my my personal feelings of Reagan are actually pretty high. Uh, well, in terms my, of, he, go ahead. My my understanding is he would have like Tip O'Neill over to the White House. Yeah, oh yeah. A couple of drinks. They they BS together. They they kind of hash things out together. When do you think the last time? I mean, you know, we know Nancy likes her likes her drink, but when when do you think the last time you know um, a Democratic president had a Republican leadership over and had a civil let's just sit down and chat conversation 
as opposed to some formal meeting with an agenda that you already know is not going to go anywhere. I, well, that's that's what I was just talking about with Kevin earlier. I mean, uh-huh. if, if you landed in the, you know, in, in, the, in the Oval Office, if it was me, and first of all, I'd have to have you guys around me, else I couldn't get anywhere. But the uh, first thing I do is, is give people both sides of the aisle. Let's fly down to Camp David. Let's get some good wine. Yeah. I got a couple of good pool tables. Say here, I know you guys have your own agendas and so forth. These are five or six things I would like to accomplish. I don't see how anybody really can argue about any of them, but of course we probably will. And and I know people have other ideas, and maybe there's a better way of doing it. And if by the way, if there is, let's hear it, and and just have it out. I, I don't. I still think people can do that. I, I maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I I know I'm old school, but, but come on, here we are. And uh, you, you want to go this way on that one? I can't go there. You can't. But let's not worry about those. Get those few off to the side. Let's let's concentrate on these four or five for a while, and maybe we can maybe we can take one of yours and one of yours, and, and I'll do that too. But but at least let's. I mean, there, there's stuff here that has to happen, uh, Russell. That I think I don't see how people can't can't. Uh, you know, everything is not black or white. Most stuff is gray. I think. Exactly. But but it's presented as black and white, and unfortunately, um, politicians seem to want to negotiate through the media, and that ain't a good filter. You guys were talking about that in the first, you know, in the, the first half hour or first hour as well. That you know, that the, you basically cannot expect your message to fully get across if somebody else is repeating it. No, and I you were using a car sales example or something like yeah. that. But it doesn't, um, you know, it just doesn't matter. Well, I, did, I was, I was just kind of curious as to well, how much, how much of that is because business has gotten way, way too far in. I can't, I can't. Well, I think I, it's, it's the money and politics thing is in the, being the core of all the problems. Are there, are there, in your opinion, we're going to That's what it really, really, really comes down to. Is um, they're, they're, the if the, if the government didn't have the ability. To get in there and make things easier, or make things more difficult on your industry, depending on how, mu- how many congressmen you have in your pocket, we would be in a whole lot better shape, wouldn't we? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Hey, uh, quick question regarding your uh, your concussion: Are you going to be like Christopher Walken in the dead zone? And when you come out of this, totally, you're going to be able to see stuff that nobody else can see. I, I I've had a lot of great insights today, don't you think? Yeah, but are you yeah. going to see like a? Yeah, I have done it. I, I, I don't think I'm going to end up coming out of this thing with any special powers other than not getting on a scooter again. By the way, is uh, is that scooter uh, for sale? It's in one piece, and it's for sale. Yes, it is. I'll bet I could pick that up cheap. You could. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, uh, goodbye, right? I'm doing uh, for the study abroad because uh, some of the students have never done like an NCAA pool and those those things. I feel like they need to understand that because they before they get out to the financial industry, and I think the, the top prize is going to be my scooter. Oh God! You know, you, you know, you, could, you know, you could teach them, teach them how to work at Calcutta. I bet they have no nobody. I bet they couldn't figure that one out on their own. Probably not. Maybe I'll throw that out. Yeah. Hey, I'm so happy to yeah. see you're feeling doing okay. But by the way, did the yeah. did the cardigans did the cardigan sweater uh, help on the fall at all? Not in the least. Um, it, uh, it, we had to tie. I was covered in a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah. We had to throw some clothing out, and my my wife had to watch the jeans I was wearing four times before it all came out. Well, there's a guy. That, bad, man. Well, there's a guy that blows down Elston Avenue in the morning, maybe every other day when I take the train. He's got to be going. 
25 miles an hour in that thing and then on a Chicago street at, at night? When, when, yeah, when, that's, when, the, that, that's the whole thing. Is it was night and there was a pothole I didn't see. Oh, God. Well, Rob, I'm glad to see you're doing better. Talk at you next week. And, uh, <laughs> I, re- I really want you to be able to make your trip, bud. Uh, SP, I think I'm done. SP Futures up that. 75 cents. NASDAQ Futures up 7. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. JetBlue Airways. It's not the only way to fly, but it should be. Visit JetBlue.com. Empower HR, your human resources partner. That's EmpowerHR.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. BDL Compliance Consulting. Visit BDLCC.com. DAX Research. Listen to David Andelman on Mondays and Thursdays and go to DACSResearch.net. I'm an American. You're a sick...